Can Derek Carr save a New Orleans Saints offense that over the last two years has been downright anemic? Kendra Miller gets hurt in the Saints preseason opener. What do they do now? Do they go back to the market? Do they look internally? We'll talk about that. And also the wide receiver four battle. It's heating up. We got some good options. Let's get into it right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I'm your host, Chris Vogel, And as always, this program is brought to you by Scott Fickner, Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured in any kind of accident, car, truck, 18-wheeler, or hurt offshore, Scott Fickner handles it all. You can give him a call at 504-500-1111 for a free consultation. They'll always fight for the win. So let's get into our very first topic here on the Straight Up Saints podcast on this lovely Monday, August 14th. Let's talk about Derek Carr, the man of the hour, I guess the man of the weekend, with the way he played in the Saints preseason over. Now, it was just one drive, but man, was that one drive really fun. Six of eight, 70 yards for a touchdown. Uh, had two completions to Juwan Johnson, had two to Alvin Kamara, hit Michael Thomas on a second and 11, and then you cap it off with a touchdown pass to Keith Kirkwood as he went through his progressions, made the right play, and that's what you want to see from a quarterback who, from time to time, can struggle in the red zone. You didn't see it on that drive, so... I thought Derek Carr was sensational, and while it was only one drive because he got pulled after that, I thought he showed things that should give Saints fans a lot of optimism going into the regular season because the last two years, the Saints offense in major statistics were not good. Bottom half of the league, and there were moments where we genuinely watched the Saints team, and I didn't know if they'd score 10 in a game. Frankly, against the 49ers, they didn't score any. So let's go through the main numbers and why I feel like there might be a shift in a positive way for the Saints. So let's start off with the main one here, pass yards. Passing yards over the last two years. In 2021, the Saints ranked 32nd. And in 2022, the Saints ranked 16th. So 16th is respectable. I can't really knock that, and and I won't. But 32nd in 2021, that's just horrendous. Passing touchdowns. In 2021, the Saints ranked 11th. In 2022, They rank 16. So that's not terrible. But passing touchdowns, again, I don't know if that's the the stat you want to look at as the the, uh, endorsement of a good football team in terms of moving the ball through the air because passing yards from time to time, they can go in different directions. So let's take the passing touchdowns out. Rushing yards, because the Saints weren't great through the air, they weren't exactly great on the run. They weren't able to keep teams off balance. 15th in 2021 drops to 19th. In 2022, average time of drive. This one's a bad one here. 25th for the Saints in 2021, 21st in 2022. And then first downs, 27th in 2021, 24th in 2022. So in a lot of major statistics last year and the year before that, the Saints were bottom half of the league. And I think there were moments, whether it was Jameis, whether it was Taysom, whether it was Trevor Simeon, whether it was Dalton, whoever the hell was that quarterback, The Saints had moments where their offense just couldn't have any sort of consistency. And I know that there are still people who are on the fence about Derek Carr and what he could be in this Saints offense, but this Saints offense is very, very similar to what Derek Carr was running when John Gruden was his head coach on the Raiders. And the one thing you could say about John Gruden and and Derek Carr is there was a level of consistency at the quarterback position. So let's just go through it real quick. From 20... 19 to 2021, Derek Carr had 70% completion, 67% completion, 68. That's consistency. There's a number there 
that you want to remain at, and he does just that. In terms of passing yards, every single season since 2018, outside of 2022, he's had at least 4,000 yards. At 4,000, 4,100, and then 4,800 in 2021. In terms of touchdown passes, I, I always tell people this. I can't see Derek throwing 30 because I don't think that's ever the type of numbers he'll put up. But 21, 27, 23, if he hits 27, that's an excellent year, especially in his standards from what he's done in his career. That's kind of the baseline. And then interceptions. If you take out, you know, last two years were not great for Derek Carr in terms of interceptions, 14 apiece. But from 2018 to 2020, he had 10, 8, and 9. That's the type of quarterback the Saints need. I actually think that's the type of quarterback the Saints can get. And I think for Derek, a lot of it's going to come down to the O-line. Make no mistake about it, right? Getting the right protection, making sure that, uh, you know, his weapons are getting out in space. I totally get that. But I do think that Derek Carr has the necessary pieces around him. He's got a do-it-all running back. He's got a very nice RB2 in Jamal Williams. He's got an emerging tight end in Jawan Johnson. He's got a really nice trio with Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shaheed. And then how about the rest, right? Do you have other weapons around? Well, the Saints have all of that in Taysom Hill, Jimmy Graham. You can look at a guy like a Traquan Smith, A.T. Perry, Foster Moreau. The Saints have done a really nice job of supporting Derek Carr with a lot of weapons. So now it comes down to the structure. And I think the structure in terms of the scheme is perfect for him. And I know it was just one drive. And you don't want to go all balls to the wall off one drive. But he looked really efficient. He looked really comfortable. And he didn't have that freedom with Josh McDaniels last year. And he's talked about it. You know, when he's at his best, he's able to call, uh, you know, make those calls at the line of scrimmage, kind of be that conductor of the offense. And he didn't have that opportunity with Josh McDaniels. You saw yesterday in New Orleans, even for one drive, he is that. Like, he's running the show, and that's how the Saints like it. And by the way, that's how Pete Carmichael likes it too. Pete Carmichael's at his best when he is kind of, in unison with his quarterback, and he doesn't have to worry about the center calling out the blitzes and all that, which is what the Saints have done the last two years. There's been far more pressure on Eric McCoy and not on the quarterback in terms of the, uh, I don't want to say mental capacity, but the willingness to call everything at the line of scrimmage. The Saints didn't have that the last two years. They'll get back to it with Derek Carr. Now, I'm not saying Derek Carr is going to be elite. I'm going to refrain from that word because it's a very strong word to use. When I think of elite, I think of the Mahomeses, the Burroughs, the Josh Allens of the world. I don't put Derek Carr in that category. But can Derek Carr make the Saints a top half of the league offense, which is something they haven't been the last two years? I think he will. I have zero doubts about that, honestly. And I think there will be games where he does show out. Will there be games that we probably get frustrated? Maybe a few here and there. But 14 out of their 17 games are in domes. He plays well indoors. I think they'll be just fine. I really do. I think Derek Carr was built for this offense, and this offense was built for him. So I really like that connection there. So let's move over to Kendra Miller, man. I wish I had something really awesome to say about the kid yesterday after his uh, preseason debut, but unfortunately all we're really talking about now is the knee injury. So four carries five yards, put that aside. I could care less about the statistics for this. All I care about is his health. He hurts his right knee, the same knee he injured in December in the Fiesta bowl when TCU upset Michigan. So same knee injury, has to go on. He has to undergo further testing, so we don't really know the severity of it. Dennis Allen doesn't think it's major, and by that, I guess he thinks it doesn't think he's it's season ending. But the season starts in less than a month, so the season starts in less than a month. You know, you don't have Alvin for the first three games. I like Jamal Williams. I think Jamal Williams will do just fine, but he needs another piece. Now, there's two ways to go about this. The Saints can go out 
and shop. Go back to Kareem Hunt. Maybe offer more guarantees, less incentives. They can go look at a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. They can go look at a J.D. McKissick, a Dalvin Cook, whoever they want. Or they can stay in-house. Ellis Merriweather had nine carries for 24 yards, two catches for 17 yards and a touchdown in the preseason win over the Chiefs. So he was pretty efficient. But I would actually go a step further, and I think they should absolutely think about keeping an in-house guy and going out and signing someone. When Alvin comes back, it'll be fine. I think Alvin and Jamal Williams will be one of the best, if not the best, running back tandem in the National Football League this season when they're running and they're firing on all cylinders. I truly feel that way. I do. I love Alvin's versatility paired with Jamal Williams' leadership, energy, and toughness during those short yardage runs. So I really like that combo. But when you're out of out, when you're not when you're out, Alvin, for the first three games, you need more explosiveness at running back. You need more playmaking, especially in the passing game. And I think the Saints can get that, whether it's Kareem Hunt or JD McKissick. And now it comes down to if you get Kareem Hunt, does it complicate things when Alvin comes back? Well, I mean, this depends. How 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 long is Kendra Miller sidelined? If Kendra Miller sidelined for an extended period of time, from the New Orleans Saints, I can give two I can give two shits who I bring in in terms of how do they fit when Alvin comes back. I want the best football player right now. Because injuries happen, it's a physical position. You can't worry about that. Now, if you are worried about role and stepping on people's toes and whatever, I think JD McKissick would do just fine. I think he's primarily a receiving back who will give you a lot of shiftiness. This guy throughout his career in Washington, I think he had 150 receptions through three seasons. So there's a level of consistency there. I like him as an under-the-radar option. And you could still keep Ellis Merriweather on your on your roster for the first three weeks, see how he fares before you make a decision there. And of course, obviously, the Saints are going to use Taysom Hill, no doubt about it. But that's not enough, in my opinion, to say, oh, we could just leave the running back position the way it is. I think you would be wise to keep um, Merriweather if he continues. Merriweather plays well preseason game two, preseason game three. Got to keep him, in my opinion. And then you got to get someone on the market. And if you're Kareem Hunt, maybe this jo- this you know, job offer in New Orleans looks a little bit more appealing now that Kendra Miller might be hurt for the first couple of games of the year because Kareem Hunt can kind of show out. Alvin can come back. Let's say Kendra comes back. Maybe Kareem Hunt's on the trade market before the deadline for a team that needs a running back. You never know. The NFL's changed. Back then, I'd say no, but... Deals happen now and at a way quicker rate than they did back then. So I think for Kareem Hunt, maybe there was that log jam of, well, Jamal's there and Kendra's there and how do I fit in? And then you got Alvin in week four coming back. And maybe that log jam doesn't seem as crowded anymore in the running back room. And and maybe that's what it is. But I think for New Orleans, you should act fast because before you know it, once one of them signs, in my opinion, I think a lot of them will sign. I feel like Dalvin Cook, Fournette, Z, Kareem... These guys are all kind of waiting to see if the market can pick up, and I don't think it will, unfortunately, because the way the running back position is right now, it's just not a lucrative position in the NFL today. But if one gets signed, there will be a trickle-down effect, in my opinion, and I think Kareem Hunt will be the first domino to go, whether it's Indianapolis, whether it's New Orleans, whether it's Minnesota. Three teams that he's met with already, all three teams can use him. New Orleans might need him a little bit more now that Kendra Miller is hurt. So I think for the Saints, better to be proactive, then be slow to this situation. Kendra's hurt. Maybe you don't know the severity. Go get another running back, though. Got to go get another running back. Make sure you don't rush this kid back from an injury that he's already dealt with. It's the same knee. So I'd go bring in, whether it's Kareem Hunt, J.D. McKissick, whoever, but I would get someone with a passing game background as well, which Kareem and McKissick do. 
And I think that's why I like those two options because they'll give you a little bit of versatility. Leonard Fournette, we know what he is. He's a downhill runner. Although he's gotten better as a receiver, I got to give him his props, but he's a downhill runner. Zeke, going to be short yardage and pass blocking. I feel like you got that already in Jamal Williams, but better right now. And then Dalvin Cook, I think Dalvin will be out of their price range. I also think Dalvin would not want to go to the Saints because he would not be the lead guy once Alvin Kamara gets back. So let's move over to the wide receiver four battle. I think all of us agree. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, there's your three. They're all healthy. And Lord, we're all hoping they're healthy. Who's the wide receiver for? Is it Traquan Smith, who missed last uh, Sunday's game with the groin injury? Is it A.T. Perry, who had six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown? He looked phenomenal. Is it Keith Kirkwood, who started with the ones, had that touchdown in the red zone from Derek Carr, four-yard reception? Is it Brian Edwards, three catches for 37 yards, former Raider, has history with Derek Carr? There's some options here. So, you know, I, I think for New Orleans... It's not going to be easy, but there's two options that I think they're going to look at for wide receiver four. I think you start with Traquan, whether fans like it or not. I think the Saints value his blocking so much that he's going to make this roster as long as he's healthy. I really feel like that's what's going to happen. And, and it's worth noting that Traquan does know the system. Traquan has played well in camp prior to the groin injury. So I don't want to knock him too much. I know Saints fans are tired of him. And I don't really blame them, but I still think he has an edge making this roster. Where it gets tricky is... I think Keith Kirkwood is a savvy player. Started with the ones yesterday, so you know they respect what he can do, especially in the slot, in my opinion. I think he's a decent guy in the slot to use. But how do you ignore what A.T. Perry did? Like, I think A.T. Perry played so well that I don't remember a six-round pick ever in one game, in one instance, solidifying a roster spot like he did. Like, how does he not make the roster? Six catches, 70 yards, a touchdown. You traded to get him. It made no sense that he fell to the sixth round anyway. We're talking about a first-team all-ACC wide receiver twice. Over 2,200 receiving yards in the last two years of college. Over 25 touchdowns at Wake Forest. He was phenomenal. And he balled out yesterday with Jameis Winston. Made some plays downfield. Made some plays in the short-slash-intermediate passing game. I I mean, look, you could tell by the way I'm talking about I think A.T. Perry proved that he can be a wide receiver four. Maybe he'll take some time which is why maybe Traquan is the four or Traquan Trey Trey maybe Kirkwood's the four. But A.T. Perry's got to make the roster. And I think if he continues this development, I think it'll be only a matter of time before it's like November and he's out here making plays for this passing game because the kid's athletic. The kid's got a big body in terms of the height to, to use that frame. I like A.T. Perry for the Saints. I really do. So this battle is only going to keep going. And it is not over yet, especially after one preseason game. But I do think that the options are starting to shrink. Like, I think there's some guys who came into this year and you thought, all right, maybe they can make the roster or they'll battle for a spot, and they're out of it. And that brings me to my point that I want to talk about. I want to talk about three ups and three downs for training camp before I get into your comments that you guys have uh, in the live chat. One of the guys I have in three down is a wide receiver who I think could have competed for maybe wide receiver four, wide receiver five, and I think he's out of it, and that's James Washington. That's one of the guys that I marked down as three down. Didn't record a catch. Rest of the wide receiver core did their thing. Shaq Davis had a couple plays. Kawan Baker had a couple plays. Ryan Edwards, three catches for 37 yards. A.T. Perry, six for 70 and a touchdown. Uh, Kirkwood had the touchdown on that first drive. Nothing from James Washington. I think that's one of those type of moments where it's like, all right, you 
You're not making the roster. Like, it's unfortunate for the former second-round pick from Oklahoma State, but you got to be true to it. So that's one down. My second guy that I put down is Blake Gillikin. I know Blake Gillikin had a nice punt that ended up getting called back, and I don't want to take too much away from him. But 38 yards per punt is not what the Saints need. He did have that absolute shank of a punt that went 23 yards. That's unacceptable. And he's got to be better, right? Because Blake Gillikin does have the potential. His first season with the Saints was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And then last year, there were moments where Blake just didn't have it, and it was very frustrating to watch. So he would be the second guy that I marked down for training camp. And the third one would be Isaiah Foskey, second-round pick from Notre Dame. I saw nothing from him in terms of flashes. He was getting stonewalled at the line of scrimmage, couldn't win his one-on-ones, looked slow out there. I, I am not out on, on Isaiah Foskey because of one preseason game. Absolutely not. But I do think Isaiah Foskey is going to need to be better next game to get more, I'd say, love from the fan base, make sure that there is some confidence in his game going into September and thinking, all right, maybe October, November, this kid can make a difference for us. Because right now, did not love what I saw in the preseason debut. But again, still time for him. But those will be the three down. Isaiah Foskey, Blake Gillikin, and James Washington. My three up, first one, Ugo Amadi. Two pass breakups and interception. That's how you make this roster. Like, what he's done in practice has been great, but when you start validating those practices with strong preseason performances, that just makes things better for him. So, I like his chances to make the roster. Ty Summers, I thought, looked really good. Had a sack, had a couple of tackles. Looked pretty active in the passing game as well. Uh, I'd like what I saw out of Ty Summers. I think Ty Summers did a really nice job of making a name for himself in that preseason opener. And again, the Saints don't have a lot of depth at linebacker. That's one of those positions that a guy like Ty Summers you put together a string of good preseason games, maybe you make the roster. And my third guy that I'm up on, he was making the roster anyway. He was going to be a week one impact player anyway. But Juwan Johnson, man, I love Juwan Johnson's fit with Derek Carr. I think that he's in for a big season. And I would go as far to say that Juwan Johnson could finish this year as a top seven tight end if things go his way. Because I really think that they could. I think that there's a lot of potential here. And I just can't wait to see how he unfolds with Derek Carr. But the connection's there. And he said it. In training camp, he said he feels like he's been playing with Derek Carr his whole career. Like, there's just that unison, that symmetry when they're on the field. And I I think you saw it on display in that first drive. In the crucial situations, Derek Carr went to Jawan Johnson. That speaks a lot about his confidence, his trust level in Jawan. On those third downs, when he's on the move, looking for his target, that's where his eyes are going. Uh, I'm really really bullish on Jawan Johnson this year. I think he's going to have a nice year for the Saints. So my three up, Ty Summers, Ugo Amadi, Jawan Johnson. Loved what I saw from those three. And now we'll see if we'll see more. And, I, and Jawan really doesn't have to show anything else to the preseason, to be honest. But I thought I'd give him his flowers because I thought he played really well yesterday. So without further ado, guys, we've wrapped through the first three topics of, the, of this Monday morning on the Straight Up Saints podcast. And that brings us to the point where we just get to your comments. If you guys have anything you want to talk about, I'll bring it up in the live stream and we'll go from there. Uh, Jerry saying good morning and who that great win. Jerry also had Derek Carr look good out there Sunday. He absolutely did. Some more people funneling in on this morning. Alex says Derek Carr led teams uh, less talented than this. Uh, DC's led teams less talented than this Saints team in the playoffs in the past. Just keep him upright and he's going to produce. I agree. I totally agree. I think, look, the 2021 Raiders, John Gruden has to resign midseason because of the emails. Henry Rugg gets involved in that fatal car accident. Raiders have an interim coach. They lose their number one wide receiver and they still make the playoffs. And I think Derek Carr deserves a lot of credit for making sure that the team stayed even throughout it all. And remember, they won that last game 
to make sure they got that that spot in the playoffs against the Chargers Sunday night football. So Derek deserves credit for those. I know Derek gets knocked for the times that he, you know, didn't do well or he faltered in a big moment, but he deserves props when he steps up in the big moments too. And I just feel like he doesn't get it, unfortunately. But, you know, look at what he's done in his career. The two playoff appearances that have been under the belt for Derek Carr, one was with Rich Passaccia as his head coach. The other one was with Jack Del Rio. So I know there's going to be a lot of people that go, well, Derek Carr's got Dennis Allen as his coach. Can he make the playoffs? I think Derek Carr's made the playoffs with equal, if not worse, at head coach. And I will go equal because Rich Passaccia, an interim coach, he made it. Jack Del Rio, primarily defensive, kind of like uh, Dennis Allen, who doesn't get considered to be a good coach, but a good coordinator, made the playoffs with him too. So I think the blueprint is absolutely there, no doubt about it. Jerry says we need another running back ASAP. Totally agree with you. You know, and I'll, I'll add to Margaret's comment here that Merriweather looked good yesterday. He absolutely did look good. Uh, but like I said, I would like them to keep Merriweather and add to the position. I think you got to add to position. You don't want to put on a ton of pressure on Jamal Williams. I don't think Jamal Williams is that type of back anyway. If you watched last year, Jamal was great with DeAndre Swift. I think Jamal was at his best when he's in a pairing. So that's why you want to get him some help. Because I think Jamal Williams is going to produce no doubt about it. But I would like to see the Saints add another back to this backfield. Uh, and maybe it is Kareem Hunt. And Margaret asked, how would the how would the chemistry be with Hunt? Um, look, I don't, I don't know if there would be a chemistry issue. I think there is the issue of if you're a running back and you join the Saints, there's that guy lurking in the shadows. And his name's Alvin Kamara. And Alvin's lurking because by the time he gets back, it's his backfield. Like, I know it was just one drive yesterday, but Alvin looked explosive. He just looked rejuvenated as opposed to last year. And the Saints are using him in the passing game, which means you're going to get the best version of Alvin Kamara, which is awesome for us. So I think that if you're running back and you're interested in joining the Saints, you do take that into account where it's like, okay, I got a three-game showcase, and then Alvin's back. But injuries happen, you know? So I think if you're Kareem Hunt, if you're, you know, McKissick, if you're Fournette, whoever gets an offer from the Saints... I don't know if I'm letting that completely dictate my decision because at the end of the day, running backs get hurt in this league and you need to make sure you have depth at that position. And also running back jobs are not exactly flying off the shelves at the moment. So I think you might have to take what's offered. Jerry says A.T. Perry season loading. It absolutely is. Uh, I, I think A.T. Perry was phenomenal. Now I want to see how he builds off it. If he has another performance in that realm, like if he has – Four catches for 40 yards, four catches for 50 yards next week against the Chargers. That's awesome. That's absolutely fantastic. So we'll see what happens there. But I definitely, definitely feel good about A.T. Perry right now and just the trajectory of what this kid could be. And again, six-round pick, didn't give up a lot to get him. I love it right there. Traquan Smith, go bye-bye. You know <laughs> you know I am. Yeah, I look, I know that's probably going to be the consensus for a lot of people. I think that Traquan will make the roster, though. I think his knowledge of the system, his ability to be a great downfield uh, blocker, and also he is an athletic player. Like, I'll give Traquan his props. There's about one game a year where Traquan goes off, and you're like, all right, like, there's the Traquan game. So he'll be back, in my opinion. Trevon says, we can't kill Hayner because one game. Did anyone see Stroud's game? Come on, it's no biggie. Yeah, I, well, I would actually say this about Jake Hayner. All the bad that he did, while there were a lot of shaky throws, there was the interception, 
when you play well in the two-minute drill that started at your own 24 and you lead a touchdown drive when the team's down a touchdown, I think that says a lot about you because a lesser quarterback falters in that moment. A lesser quarterback, the lights are too bright. They start getting a little shook. And you didn't see that from Hayner. He actually played with his most freedom late in the game. When, when things got tight, you saw him a little bit more loose in a good way, was able to play his style of football, made some really nice throws with conviction down the field. So I got to give Hayner credit on that. And I said yesterday, if I were to grade Hayner, I'd probably give him like a C plus, And I mean that in a good way because early on was really shaky, but I was impressed that late in the game at your own 24, he can go down the field and orchestrate that drive. I thought he looked good there. And now I hope that gives him the confidence for the next preseason game to say, hey, I can do this. I, I did it last game. I can continue this this positive wave of momentum. Blair says Saints offense was elite yesterday because the O-line was amazing. Ruiz is on my up. I think Cesar Ruiz has reached that point where, like, I feel good about what I'm getting from him. And maybe I'm maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but I think that he was pretty good. I thought Ruiz was getting defense alignment to that second level with his push, which was insane. So the the development of him has been great. I think Ruiz, the right side of the line, I feel good about. Like, you know what you get in Eric McCoy, and then I feel good about Ruiz and Ramchick. If I have any questions to the left side, and I'm going to be honest, I thought the first string offensive line was great yesterday, and I consider Hurst part of that first string. So I love what they saw, but I totally agree with you. Ruiz, he deserves to be on the up. And honestly, at this point, Ruiz is going to play himself into a nice contract. Mark says we should be signing a running back by Wednesday. I totally agree. I think they got to add more talent to the position, more depth to the position, and get it by the preseason game so you can see what they're made of. BNG Breakdown Podcast says, if you had to nitpick Trevor Penning's, uh, Trevor Penning's sample size from yesterday, what would you say he needs improvement on? Um, yeah, I gotta. If I'm going to nitpick, I'd have to go back and watch. But overall, I thought that he looked good in terms of just mauling people in the run game. Even with the screen pass, you saw he looked pretty comfortable out there. Uh, I'll, I'll go back and look a little bit. And I'll, I'll, get, I'll post some of my thoughts on Twitter for sure. But I thought that Trevor Penning looked pretty fine. I think Trevor Penning actually, the way I feel about him, there's two things that I have to say. One, left the game without an injury. I take that as a huge plus. And two, I think Trevor Penning has done a good job of every time you see him, I feel like he looks a little bit better and better. I remember his first preseason game against the Packers last year was rough. And then as the preseason started progressing, I felt like he kept getting better until he unfortunately got hurt. So I think that... For New Orleans, it's all about A, keeping him healthy, and B, making sure uh, that he takes those steps in the pass game. That's where I want to see him get better because I think he's going to be a mauler in the run game. And I actually think that's where the Saints are going to be at their best is in the run game if their line's healthy because I think they're going to have a capability just pushing people uh, downfield with ease. So I just want to see how he gets in the pass game. BNG Breakdown says, Daryl Williams just reported to be working out for the Saints today. Thoughts? Yeah, so this comes here from Jordan Schultz. He says, former Chiefs running back Daryl Williams is working out for the Saints today. He had 15 total touchdowns. has proven to be a terrific pass-catching back throughout his career. So the way I look at this one, if Daryl Williams joins the Saints, uh, I know LSU fans would absolutely love it, right? Former LSU guy. I think you got to look at his 2021 numbers right here. 144 carries for 558 yards, six touchdowns. He also had 47 receptions for 452 yards. I think Daryl would be fine. Daryl actually would do two things. He'd give the Saints more depth, and he would ease anyone who's concerned about, well, if Kareem Hunt comes in, is there an ego thing? Is there a problem in the backfield with who gets what workload? You wouldn't have that, have that with Daryl. I think Daryl Williams is not the player that, let's say, 
um, you know, Dalvin Cook is. But I've often said, I think Kareem Hunt, even though he's a big name, is getting on that decline in terms of the slope. Darrell Williams, I don't, I, I'm not saying he's Kareem Hunt. I don't think the drop-off would be catastrophic. I think Darrell Williams last year, you know, you leave Kansas City, you go to Arizona, it just wasn't a good fit. Had he stayed in Kansas City, probably still would have produced, especially with Edwards Alaire not being great. And then you had Isaiah Pacheco who stepped up big time. But I think Darrell just kind of was a victim of ending up in the wrong situation with Arizona. So the Saints get him. I think that gives them good depth. And I would love for them to get a deal done actually because then you can get him acclimated to the system and hopefully see him in preseason action, see what kind of juice he has left. One thing, uh, Blair says, one thing to watch as well is Taylor in the slot. It's going to be a steep learning curve. So, yeah, I mean, the way I see it, and I said it yesterday, the two mess-ups that Alonzo Taylor had were in the slot. The 43-yard reception to Richie James, he got beat over the top, shifty receiver from Richie James. It, would, it is what it is. But then later in that drive, they kind of ran that natural rub route almost with the crossers, and Roby and Alante got mixed up and miscommunication happened, and the touchdown happens there. But both plays were with Alante in the slot. And then in the third quarter, when Ugo Amadi had the interception, it came off an Alante Taylor pass break before he kind of shot the ball up into the air, and he was on the outside there. So I think that for Alante, this is what I've said. If Adebo wins the outside cornerback job by, def- by being better, Great. I don't want him to win the job, though, by comparing it to what Alante does in the slot. Like, what Alante does in the outside should be compared to what Adebo does in the outside. I don't know if Alante should be penalized by what he does in the slot. I'm not saying that's what the Saints are doing. But the learning curve, like you said, in the slot is steep. And right now, it's pretty clear, in my opinion, that Bradley Roby is still their best slot corner for my money because Alante didn't look great out in the slot. On the outside, he looked fantastic like he usually does. So I just hope they don't kill his confidence by playing him in the slot often. Nolan's 504 says, I was under I was under the understanding that the NFL says that the running back position is lo- no longer important. Well, I guess they say the running back position is no longer wealthy. That definitely seems to be the consensus. But in terms of importance, uh, I still think you need a good ground game to win in this league. I would go as far to say if the Chiefs didn't have Isaiah Pacheco shining last year, I don't know if they win the Super Bowl. Like the former Rutgers player really stepped up. The kid was phenomenal. So I think for New Orleans... I, I think their backfield is going to play a pivotal role in this season. Alvin and Jamal, if they're healthy, they're going to be fantastic. So, yeah, for New Orleans, I think it's just about getting depth right now. Obviously, the money's not going to be great because, to, to your point, running back market hasn't been awesome. But they can still use more depth. Adebo is winning that spot for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think that Adebo has to have the edge by a pretty good margin right now. And I'd be shocked if he doesn't. And I want to say this about Adebo because I know a lot of us fell in love with Alante Taylor last year and he was great. Adebo was just absolutely hampered by injuries last year. Started training camp with injuries, kept having injuries in the in the regular season, was never right. Always had an ankle brace on or a knee uh, brace on. Never felt like the lower half was at 100%. So I hope that now with the full offseason of being healthy, getting his confidence back, I think you're seeing a better version of Paulson Adebo and that's going to bode well for the New Orleans Saints. And And honestly, I think that for New Orleans, it's not a bad problem to have anyway. Adebo, Marshawn, and Alante, you feel good about that. Jerry says, thoughts on Zach Bond? My thoughts on Zach Bond are exactly what my thoughts have been on Zach Bond his entire career with the Saints. He's not an off-ball linebacker. I like when they let him attack downhill because this is a guy who at the college level was an absolute, I don't want to say demon, but 
He was pretty damn good for Wisconsin. His last season, he had 19 and a half sacks. So, I mean, this guy can absolutely step up for New Orleans if need be. So, I, I think that Zach, let him get downhill. Let him make plays in that regard. And honestly, I, I think you could look last year. I'm not comparing the two players because I think Caden Ellis is obviously a better player than Zach Bond. But Caden Ellis kind of helped out the Saints pass rush in a sense. Like the Saints pass rush got saved by November because Caden Ellis was playing downhill, had seven sacks. They were using him in blitz packages. And if the Saints want any production out of Zach Bond, I think you got to let Zach Bond do stuff like that. Like I said, guys, 19 and a half sacks in his final year at Wisconsin. And then you turn him into an off-ball linebacker and it just hasn't worked. So preseason's for experimenting and trying certain things. And if the Saints want Zach Ball to make the roster, obviously Zach's been good on special teams his entire Saints career, but that's not enough for a guy who you traded to get in the third round. You, you felt good about him. Um, I, I would let him go downhill. Maybe he could kind of replicate what Caden Ellis did last year. That would be so tough to do. But if he could take some of those pressures that Caden Ellis had, if they could minimize that loss now that he's in Atlanta, that would be a good situation for the Saints. But we'll see what happens there. I'm not going to get my hopes up about Zach Bond because, like I said, it's already, it's already year four, which is crazy, right? My math serves me. Yeah, it's already year four. I had to start counting on my fingers here. But, yeah, it, it feels like the ship has sailed. But it is his last season. Who knows? Maybe he plays well. Someone else signs him and uses him in the right role, and that'd be good for Zach's career. Obviously not for the Saints, but good for Zach's career. But that's the way I view that. But overall, guys – uh, I feel pretty good about this Saints team. I do think there's obviously things they got to get better at. I'd like to see more from the rookie class, particularly Isaiah Foskey. I think that the second string offensive line scared the shit out of me with Jameis taking a lot of hits, but it goes both ways. Maybe Jameis also didn't see the blitz, which is something he struggled with last year. But overall, I, I, I like where we're heading. And, and to kind of wrap it up with this comment here, having Lattimore, Taylor, and Adebo on the field at the same time should be what every Saints fan should be advocating for. Yeah, look, getting him... Getting those three playmakers on the field, having that versatility, that's what's at the at, well, that's where the Saints will be at their best. And like I said before, and most people agree, the Saints aren't going to play teams that are just going just two wide receivers out wide. Like there are teams that are going to spread teams out, which means we're going to see Alante anyway. So if Alante doesn't start, we'll see him. If Adebo doesn't start, we'll see him anyway. And I think the Saints have to feel good that they have three starting cornerbacks on the outside, not two. There's legitimately three. This isn't a battle between two guys who aren't good enough and one has to win by default. These are two guys who showed they can handle it in their rook prospective rookie years, and now they're battling out for that crown. And, and I love that. That's how you're going to get better through competition like this. They're playing ball and out of position. You should be rushing the passer more. Totally agree. Totally agree. But again, it's been three years of this. I don't know if we'll change now. It seems like they're kind of just content with what they've made out of Zach, which stinks, but... It is what it is. But anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. As always, I want to thank you so much for leaving comments, joining the live stream on this Monday morning, making the Straight Up Saints podcast a part of your Monday morning. I greatly appreciate it. We're going to have a lot more content throughout the week. If the Saints sign uh, Daryl Williams, I'll be here to talk about it. We can say is talk about his fit, the potential role, what he brings to the backfield, any other moves, whether we hear about Kendrick Miller's injury, whether the Saints look around for maybe offensive line help, D-line help, whatever it may be. I'll be here to cover it this week. And as always, make sure to stay tuned for more content in the future, whether it's a post-game live stream next Sunday after the Chargers game or next Monday's show when we also break down what happened against the Chargers. But that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. Have a great Monday, everyone.